how it lights my path, how it guides my way. All right, just before I start, um, we're going to move this table forward because I didn't really want to stand behind a lectern because I thought it's not a good week for people called Liz to stand behind a lectern. <laughs> so we're, I'm going to stand behind a table. Right, so in our passage, we have had more staffs and snakes. And there's plenty, plenty to come, don't panic. And this time we had Aaron throwing down his staff and it turned into a snake or a serpent, whichever you want to say. But then Pharaoh invited the wise men and the sorcerers to come and they did exactly the same. And so we have this slightly confusing situation where the power of God does something and then the powers of the world and the powers of darkness seem to do exactly the same thing. Now, at the end of the passage, Aaron's staff eats up the staffs from the, from the sorcerers and, uh, and the wise men of Egypt. So we, are, we can see that there is more power, that the true power is in Aaron's staff. But the two things look very, very similar at first. So we, before we start thinking about the passage, we need to hone our spot the different skills. So we are going to play a little game of spot the difference. So I hope we've got some willing participants. So I know, I know, I, I know who's willing. Right, okay. Daniel, do you want to come here first? Zoe, I saw that hand. There's plenty more to come, don't panic. Right, you, come, you can come out, Zoe, if you want to. You can hold this, and you can hold this. Now, I'm not quite sure what's in the bag. but uh, So one of you can get at what's in the bag out first. Do you want to go first, Zoe? Hold it front ways. We have got a jar of Marmite. Who likes Marmite? Hands down. Who hates Marmite? Fair enough. Whatever. You hate being good. We've got two Marmite haters at the front. Woof. Right, get out yours. Oh, my word. This is Aldi Marmite. Not Marmite at all, but Aldi yeast extract. So here, in front of us, we have got some bread and Marmite. One plate has got Aldi Marmite, and one plate has got Marmite Marmite. And we need to know who can tell the difference. So is there anyone who thinks there are... Eric thinks he's a Marmite expert. Shirley thinks she's a Marmite expert. Just come on, come on down, Marmite experts. So you have to remember which plate you, you have to take. It's just bread and Marmite. There's no soggy toast. Just take a tiny bit, do whatever you want. Right? Remember which plate you think is which. You have to taste both. This could take a while. Oh, there's sniffing going on, there's all sorts. Jerry's, Jerry's coming. Late offering from Jerry. Okay. When you think you've made your mind up, you may go back to your place. Okay. Right. So, people who've tasted the Marmite... 
if you think there's the dark plate and there's the, the light plate with flowers. So if you think the Marmite Marmite was on the dark plate, put your hand up. Okay? If you think the Marmite Marmite was on the light plate, put your hand up. Whoa. You're just holding the Marmite. The Marmite Marmite was on the light-colored plate. Right, pop your Marmites back in there. I have to say, as a bit of a Marmite connoisseur, you want to go with cost of living crisis, get the Aldi Marmite. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Just a minute. The intensity of the end note isn't quite there. We're going to move on to wine tasting any minute now. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Right, you can pop those down. Go and sit down for me. Don't panic. Right, now the next one is very simple. I'm quite sure it's going to come up on the screen, and I'm quite sure that some people will get it straight away, and some people may not. Right, so we've got two Union Jacks. Who can tell me which is the correct Union Jack and which is the incorrect Union Jack? Keris. The one on the right is correct or incorrect? Correct. Any disagreements? The left? Yeah, the question is, which one is the right way up and which one is upside down? So, vote if you think the left one is the correct one. The right way up. Vote if you think the right-hand side one is the correct way up. Dear, dear me. It's, it's quite shocking, isn't it, really? Technically, it is against the law, did you know that still, to, to fly your Union Jack the wrong way up? Or it is a sign of distress. Actually, I think probably you're more likely to get slated on social media and go viral for these things. This one is the correct one. This one is incorrect. There you go. Right. Last one. Last spot the difference. No, not that yet. This. So, now I have to warn you, this is my most risky spot the difference coming up. So, have I got two more people who want to take things out of bags? Two different people. Tom and Owen, you come. So, I want you to carefully take what's out of that bag, please, and put it on the table. And you do that. Put it on the table in front of me. Is there something else in there? That's it. Let's put it at the front. So, one of these, one of these candles is an ordinary candle. And in theory, though I have to say at home, it failed a number of times. One of these candles is one of those that relights. So, boys, do you know which one's which? Can you tell? Which one do you think is the one that relights? that one do you have a reason for that i think it's because the um bit where you light it is a little thicker than normal it is a little thicker than normal it definitely if you're close enough up there is a difference between these two do you want to hold that whilst i light it okay stay there i don't want to anticipate disappointment but 
when I did it at home, the relighting one was a bit... I did it a few times, let's put it that way. It wasn't from Aldi, no. It was from Amazon, I've got to say. Right, okay. Do you want to blow one out? Have to wait. Have to wait. Oh, 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 yeah. There you go. Do you want to blow this one out? Double check. Have not just. No, that one is not going to relight. Okay. Do you want to blow that one out again? And I'll do it with my water. So. That is the end of our Spot the Difference. Thank you, gentlemen. You can go and sit down. Do you want the cake? You take the cake with you. The cake's not doing anything. <laughs> Happy birthday. Right, so that's our Spot. I, I might just need to move this Marmite because it's slightly putting me off as well, actually. Because it's a bit smelly. So, we've got a few more things to come. Let me just make sure I'm looking at the right ones. But that, is just, that was just our spot the difference test. But the truth is that in the passage, we see the two sets of serpents that are actually quite similar. And in our Christian walk then sometimes there are things that look like things of the kingdom, but are actually things of the world. And we need to hone our skills to know which things are from the kingdom of Jesus and which things are the fake or the counterfeit or the substitute things. So I've chosen, we could choose loads and loads of things to look at, but I've chosen three things that are the basic fundamentals of our Christian faith. And I've chosen faith, hope, and love. And those are absolutely basic to who we are in Jesus and how we live our lives. Uh, but faith, hope, and love are often substituted by other things, by the kingdom of the world. The things that Jesus calls us to live in can sometimes have counterfeits in this world. So we're going to start off with faith. And there are a few counterfeits to faith, but the one I've chosen is experience. And experience is not a bad thing. Experience is a good thing. If we had these two ladders... Which of these two ladders would you choose to, to climb up? Go on, Zoe. The metal one. Why wouldn't you choose up this? It's broken. Now, you could say that you have no faith in that ladder, and you would be right. But that really is based on your experience of what ladders should look like and your experience of climbing ladders in the past. But... We, an experience, can be a really good thing. It can be a really, really good thing. If, um, certainly in my teaching, as I went through many years of teaching, my experience helped me to deal with different situations and get better at it. But if as Christians, 
we just depend on our experience, then we can lose out. So, who can tell me, you guys down here as well, if you want to look at this picture, can you tell me, it's, it's an easy one, what story, what Bible story is this from? Go on. David and Goliath. And this is a very good example of the contrast between experience and faith. In the story, when David comes forward to say he will fight Goliath, Saul looks at him and says, don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You are only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. Perfectly reasonable thing to say. He was looking at David and saying, you really do not have the experience to fight this man. And David was probably not very big and certainly wasn't, wasn't prepared for a battle. But then we look how David replies. And David replies, and his reply also has experience, but his experience is absolutely infused with his faith in God. And it says, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear, will rescue me from this Philistine. So David has got experience of battle, battle against big animals, and he is referring to that experience, but his experience is completely infused with his faith in God. And we need to do that. We need to, when we're, when we're stretched by God, when we're challenged by God, we need to allow God to infuse us with his faith so that, so that our experience is not pulling us down or telling us things that can't happen, but faith is rising in us and is enabling us to go forward. So we're going to move on and look at hope. So with hope, the thing that I chose to contrast it with the kind of substitute for hope that we often see in this world is anticipation. So I've got a couple of things here that, Re-Ray, do you want to come out and see what's in this bag? It's a choice, you don't have to say yes. Go on Zoe, come and do this one. Come on. Right. You go first, what's in your bag? So these are clues to things that we might be anticipating with excitement. So what kind of thing do you think? Where, wh- holidays. Do you like going on holidays? Yeah, me too. What have you got there? Oh, what's that, do you think? What does... Christmas. Perfect. Well done, guys. Put them down. So... Those are two main things. There are lots and lots and lots of other things, thank you, that we, that we anticipate. But I chose those because they're the things that the world builds up for us often. And back in the day, if in the days when people watched television, do you remember those days? And adverts were on television and they weren't everywhere else. There used to be a thing where... Uh, you would have all the Christmas adverts, all the Christmas adverts. And then on Christmas afternoon, the holiday adverts would start. And it was like, you know, it was like the world telling us, you've got to look forward to this, you've got to look forward to this. It might be really, really good. And then as soon as, it's, as, soon as, it's, as, soon as you're there, there's the next thing to look forward to. And obviously, 
um, in the advertising world that they want us to spend money on these things. But it is how, you know, we, we do need things to look forward to. That is absolutely true. We do, it's good for us to have things to look forward to. It's good. But we need to look forward to things that we can be sure about. And I don't know about you, has anyone ever been on a disappointing holiday or had a row on Christmas Day? I'm sure it never really happens, but it, it happens to lots of people. And then when these things happen, then we have lost that hope and that hope has gone. So we need to be careful with our hopes that we are trusting in Jesus. And again, we're going to go to the, to the Bible. And this picture is more difficult, very challenging. Does anyone think that they know what story this might be referring to? Uh, it's when Jesus rose on the third day and all the women are walking to the tomb. Perfect answer. Give her a round of applause. Very good. So these three women, who well, this is supposed to represent, these are not actually the three women. Surprise, surprise. The, uh, in Mark's gospel, in Mark's account of the resurrection, it tells us that uh, Salome, Mary the mother of James, and Mary Magdalene were walking towards the empty tomb. To the tomb. They didn't know it was empty. And they were going... With ready to anoint the dead body of Jesus. So these three women were women who had invested in Jesus, who had put their hopes in Jesus. And I think at that point, they must have felt pretty hopeless. They were going to do a, a final act for the person that they'd, uh, that they'd followed, that they'd given up. Lots for it tells us in Scripture that... Uh, the women who travelled with Jesus spent their own money and gave of their own uh, resources to support Jesus. And they were on the way to do a final act for the person that they'd invested their love in and they'd invested their time and their money in and they believed in. But they had no hope. But when they arrived, the angel spoke to them and said, they'd seen the tomb was empty. And it said, you seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And for us, that key bit, this is for us this afternoon. Just as he told you. And if we put our hope in Jesus, if we put our hope in Scripture, if we put our hope in the things that Jesus has promised us, then his word to us is that it will be fulfilled just as he has said. Just as he has said. And I do believe that that is the Lord's word for some people this afternoon. That if there are areas you're still waiting for or areas that you feel have the hope has faded, then Jesus is saying, he told you what he would do and he will do it. Jesus fulfills his promises. Hope in Jesus does not lead to disappointment. And finally, we're going to look at love. And this is just to finish off. I haven't got something to contrast with love because there are so many. There are so many to choose from. And I believe there are so many substitutes for love 
because it is so, so, so crucial and central to our faith and to our lives. And for all of us, every one of us, relationships, whether they're friendships, whether they're parent-child, whether they're marriage, whether they're any, any other, whether they're work-colleague relationships, those will be the areas for all of us that have caused hurt or where we have caused hurt. Some may be minor, some may be very great. But the love that Jesus offers, sacrificial love, is the love that covers all of those mistakes that we have made. And in the, in the scripture that we have read, Aaron's staff, it, it, interestingly at the end of the scripture, it doesn't say his serpent ate the other st- serpents, it says his staff. His staff ate the other staffs. And the true things of the kingdom, the true things of the kingdom are able to consume the things of the world and are able to bring healing and bring restoration to us. And uh, this wonderful, very, very familiar description of love that we all know, you will have studied it in tree church, you'll have studied it at house group, you'll have heard it preached on. But this is just the most wonderful description. And we're going to read through a couple of times this, uh, these verses. And I want us, as we do that, to just allow the Lord to come and take those things where we have either made mistakes and hurt other people or where mistakes have been made against us to take those things into himself, just as Aaron's staff ate the other staffs up. The Lord takes our hurts and our sins into himself and is able to restore them. So I've asked Ava, she has said that she will come and read this verse out for us. So she's going to read it through. And if we just uh, quietly listen as she reads it through, and then afterwards, we might, we might uh, just pray and read it through again. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Thank you, Ava. Love never ends. Our faith and our hope and our love is based on the eternal love of God. And we need to look up to the eternal things of the kingdom of Jesus in order to receive the healing and the strength and the restoration that we need into the everyday things of our lives. So I think what we're going to do is... We're going to move on to a a worship song. And just whilst Ian gets ready, I'm going to read those words again and pray. And then as Ian starts to, and the team start to play, either if you want to turn at your tables to pray about these things or if you just want to continue to pray silently yourself, then just allow the Lord to bring to mind those those things that he wants to Uh, restore in you.
So love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Let your